and we welcome you into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdoff, C70. It's Bat at C70 on Twitter with me, as always, Tara Nichols from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on Twitter. The Cardinals, Tara, it's, this is our <laughs> third show in a row since the Cardinals have had a loss. Uh, another perfect week for the Cardinals in unique and interesting ways, um, especially on Sunday today when they won by getting an infield fly that should have been an extra out that wasn't and then striking a guy out because you know that's pretty much how you draw this thing up yeah you know when Mike Schultz gets tossed with two outs in the bottom of the ninth (laughs) and then kind of sort of almost told Ali Marmol to go out and continue arguing on his behalf which was a little absurd at that point but you know they're fired up for all the outs they can get in whatever way they have to get them weird weekend of baseball I still can't quite wrap my head around how this team did such a complete 180 from where they were a month ago but I'm not going to pretend I'm not enjoying it no not at all it has been the most exhilarating ride I think the Cardinal fans could be on and and, you know we're always going to compare this run to 2011 but you know, you and Alex were talking about, you know, winning streaks on the last chirps and that team won a lot of games. They didn't put them all together. I mean, there were losses mm-hmm. in there. And, and like you said, every loss felt like, well, Mr. Chance, you know, <laughs> and then they, you know, somebody else would lose and it worked out okay. But to, to feel this, you know, because each game in the streak is built on itself, right? I mean, you know, the momentum is going there. So it's like after you win 12 and then it's like, oh, you know, the excitement for 13 and then the excitement for 14 is even bigger. Um, it's it's a run. It's a rush. It's a feeling we're, we're just never going to have again. I mean, you know, we're talking about teams. The Cardinals now are being compared to, well, one, they've passed their 129 you know year history. This is the best they've ever done. And now when you're starting to talk about teams from the, the 50s or the 30s or whatever in major league baseball this just doesn't happen yeah yeah it's happened to other teams in years where you know the rockies went on a big run or the you know cleveland went on a big run whatever it is you see these streaks happen and i've always it's always one of those things kind of like seeing a, a no hitter or a perfect game in person right it's always something that i've felt like man i I want to know what that feels like when it's your team because it's so rare and it's so cool to watch just kind of the energy build along with the streak. And it's unlike, you know, there's there's something about a playoff race, right? There's something about a division race. Mm-hmm. There's something about all those things that bring a little bit of a different vibe, if you will, that have a different energy that have a different kind of build but a winning streak is even different than that and it's it's one of the most I guess surreal things to watch I think probably more so this year because because of what preceded the winning streak (laughs) but nonetheless whether it happened in a year where they won 105 games or a year where they finished at 500 I think the streak the feel of a streak is all of a sudden, okay, we can ride this out. And, you know, there's something other than just the win or loss 
at stake here. It's this thing that's hard to do and it's hard to repeat it and it's hard to, you know, get the same kind of production out of the same guys or find different guys to step up. It just it doesn't happen for a reason. And I think it's also fair to feel even more impressed by this streak because it came first of all when they needed it most mm-hmm. <laughs> but against the teams that they absolutely had to beat to kind of put themselves in the postseason rather than depending on those other teams to lose in other series which is again not something they've really done much of this season or you know in the past couple of years where we felt like okay well (laughs) the head-to-head matchup isn't going to be what puts them there but maybe they'll they'll win enough anyway so for all of those reasons a, a winning streak is something that I always feel like is one of the most exciting things to watch whatever the result is for the team but for it to happen like this with this group that has not lived up to expectations at all this season who a month ago we were saying how much more of this do I have to watch (laughs) and now we're (laughs) saying man I don't want this to end (laughs) and here we are with six games left in the season experiencing one of the coolest things that this fan base has seen in a long time and that that's saying a lot because this is a a pretty spoiled fan base who's seen a lot of really cool things in the last you know recent history yeah i mean that's the that's the thing like mike schultz said anytime you're setting cardinal history yeah it means something um not that other teams don't have you know history but you know if the marlins are doing something well that's great it's been 30 years of their history you know we're talking about a team that's you know, like we said, almost 130 years old in the National League and has been very decorated in that time. It's not been the bottom feeders or anything of that nature. These are just a team that's, you know, 11 world championships. I don't know how many Hall of Famers, uh, you know, tons of all-stars, tons of blah, 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 all this stuff. And they've never been able to put it together. And then this team, which, like you said, had all of its flaws <laughs> for a while there, um, have somehow done this. It's... It's remarkable. Now, and again, like you said, not only are they beating the teams that they have to beat, but they've done this with stakes on the line. I mean, yeah. do you feel like if the Cardinals had a significant, even a significant lead in the playoffs when this started or were out of the picture completely when this started, it would have the same feel? I mean, 16 games is 16 games, but it's got something extra when you're pushing for that wild card spot. I think it would still be just as fun to watch, Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, it obviously wouldn't have that sort of stunned silence (laughs) attached (laughs) where everyone's just kind of like, I don't understand any of this. (laughs) I mean, it's cool and I I don't want it to stop, but I don't understand how any of this is happening. And that's, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm watching it with less anxiety than I would if I you know maybe this was more the expectation that they Mm -hmm. were going to make this this playoff push because I'm you know very very genuine in saying I have said for months now that this team has no business being in a, a playoff spot and the postseason you know shouldn't shouldn't include teams that have played as mediocre as the Cardinals have this year. And then all of a sudden for them to be playing like the best team in baseball, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. 
And for Paul Goldschmidt to launch himself into, I don't know how realistically, but into the MVP conversation, at least as far as getting votes, Mm -hmm. to see Tyler O'Neill lead all of baseball in, I believe, in in runs batted in in the last two weeks, Um, you know, for Harrison Bader to be in the top five or top ten of as many offensive categories as he is in the last two weeks. It just... And it's not just those two guys. I know, you know, Arnado maybe isn't the one stealing all the headlines. He's probably, he <laughs> probably liked to be hitting a little bit better than he has at times this season, but he's been part of that mix. Dylan Carlson, we talked about last week, has had his moments mm-hmm. in all of that. Tommy Edmonds kind of just been the steady force that isn't making the biggest splashes, but he's getting stuff done when he needs to and defensively every one of those guys has been in the mix so it's it's so bizarre (laughs) that it's hard to wrap my head around how it's happening and because it was so unexpected I feel like there's not the tension of oh man, if they lose one now, it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But rather it's like, this is the weirdest, coolest thing and I'm going to enjoy it until it's over. But when it's over, I, we're all still going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, I'm not sure some of us are going to believe it's over until like 30 minutes after the game, <laughs> the way this go. Because it's, as we were talking earlier, this team has won the 16 games in a variety of ways. Yeah. But one of the things they have done on a on a fairly consistent basis is, you know, if they're down in the sixth or seventh or later, even mm-hmm. they've found a way, usually with a, a big home run or something like today, you know, we were talking before the game, it really felt like, you know, this was it, you know, they, they'd set their team record, which was great, but they're down two, three to two, you know, two to two to one in the eighth. And all the big guys have gone and it doesn't look like they could come up again. There's two outs and, you know, it's been a great run. And then Bader hits one that like leaves the state, (laughs) um, which was a common occurrence this weekend. That win was helpful. Um, And then, and then as all of a sudden it's like, okay, here they go. Here they go again. Um, And sure enough, they score two runs at the top of the ninth without getting the ball out of the infield. Um, And then, survive the bottom of the knife with some weirdness um it's just it's been incredible um and you know i hate to i I think now from now on we're just it's like okay they'll just win the next six games they'll take care of scherzer and you know (laughs) no big deal here we go hopefully that's hopefully that's the case we'll see but um is there a, a moment in this streak and sometimes it's hard. I have to kind of think back about some of these mm-hmm. games, you know, because it's been so many of them. It's like, what did that? Oh, that's been, you know, wow, that's been two weeks ago that that, you know, that game against the Reds where they rallied to come back. Um, is there a moment in this streak that really stands out to you? Yeah, you know, I think last week we were talking about the Tyler O'Neill home run that mm-hmm. still stands out to me as the moment where I went, huh, this is different. <laughs> like this this kind of feels legit and I don't know maybe I'm just so naive that I'm buying in (laughs) but this feels different but as far as the last week goes I think that getting 
getting the win in a start where Adam Wainwright did not pitch his best, yeah, where he gave up a grand slam in the first inning and they still came away with that win. I felt like that was huge in terms of seeing this team differently as a team that can get down early, that doesn't necessarily get on the board or match those runs immediately, but can kind of scrap and claw and find their way in it and maybe take advantage of, uh, you know, a pitcher that is a little out of his league at this point, or, you know, a, a defense that makes some miscues. And then all of a sudden you get a couple big hits, a home run, and all of a sudden everything's going in your favor. And that's not something we've seen this team do this year. You mentioned Alex and I talking about streaks. Another thing he brought up a couple weeks ago is that this is not a team that had at all come back in the ninth inning. Like, ever all season and how many times have they done that in the last two weeks so that Adam Wainwright game to me felt like one that you know as well as Wayno's been pitching you kind of feel like okay we got this game when he's out there or at least you're gonna have a really good chance if you lose it's gonna be because nobody was hitting not because you gave up a bunch of runs um they they tagged Wayno for a, a bunch of extra base hits so then to go down early in the game that maybe you felt the most confident in could have rocked them a bit. And to me, it was like, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe they can't come back from that. And then they did anyway. So it's hard to pick one moment because everything that has happened in, I feel like especially this last week, because it's just continued one after the next after the next weird things and strange things and wonderful things. <laughs> um, but that game to me was one that felt really significant, even though that was early on in, you know, the continuation of the streak this week. Yeah. There's been, yeah, that, that Wainwright game. I mean, to, to sweep the Brewers, I mean, yeah. take out everything else to sweep the Brewers in Milwaukee in a four game series. <laughs> Right. I mean, that that right there, I don't think anybody would have really bought. Forget all the no. stuff around it. Um, you know, I think, like I said, the, uh, the, the home runs, Tyler O'Neill seemed to have done, had really made a knack of getting those late inning home <laughs> runs. Um, and so that Padres game from a week ago when the strike zone was everything and mm-hmm. and then him to be able to hit that home run late that, that broke that game open. But Boy, I, I think probably for me, it's the two plays, one against the Mets and then the one against the Cubs yesterday with the runner on third and to be able to get those outs in yeah. remarkable fashion. <laughs> um, and just because of the heads up of Goldschmidt and, and the, the defense that this team has, I think, you know, the, the most remarkable thing about today's ending might not have been the umpire blowing the call, but that Nolan Arenado fell down on an infield pop-up. You know, I mean, that just doesn't happen. And then they still win anyway. Um, The defense has been just amazing. And I think that maybe more than anything, I mean, the offense has been, you know, offense has to go and the pitching has to be there and all that. But the defense has taken some of these games from, okay, maybe they can win to here we are 16 games later. Yeah, it's true. And I think it has covered a little bit of the fact that the 
pitching is still a little frightening mm-hmm. <laughs> at times mm-hmm. because when you have a defense that can turn these miraculous double plays now in the series with the Cubs, it helps that they ran into a couple of those plays and yeah. you know, it was sort of hard not to turn those double plays. <laughs> um, but you're right. There's been moments where Arnado came up big and you saw the baseball IQ in the way that he made a play. Same thing with Paul Goldschmidt. And, you know, we know what Harrison Bader is capable of, but Tyler O'Neill has made some big plays. I think it's significant that Sosa went out after getting hit on the wrist. And not only did we not see a significant drop off where Paul DeYoung was concerned, but he actually had some big hits of his own. He mm-hmm. apparently likes doing that. It really feels so to have him slide back in to that starting spot and to really not notice that it happened, um, I think is a good thing for their ability to move guys in and out as necessary. So the defense has not only bailed out the pitching a couple of times, but it's also helped maintain that that kind of confident energy of, okay, we're not going to let this get away from us. And I thought it was slightly humorous that the same day that the Cardinals set the franchise record for the longest winning streak, they also set the MLB record for the number of uh, bases loaded walks in a season. If that doesn't tell you what this season, (laughs) the weirdness of this season for the 2021 Cardinals, I don't know what does, but even with that the defense was able to recover and the pitching was just enough and the offense came up big when it needed to all things that we have not seen from this team all season which is why it's so insane to try to talk about because none of it makes sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean this is a team that spent most of its season under 500 and now has a legitimate chance at 90 wins. Yeah. Um, because all they have to, it's they're at 87 and 69. So all they have to do is basically split the next six, you know, basically <laughs> split the next six games, which would be a huge, <laughs> huge disappointment oh, after oh, the man. last two weeks. It's like <laughs> they lost. One, well, losing once is bad enough. Losing three times? What are they I doing know. here? Everything's falling apart. But, you know, just to, to do that, to get to 90 and to be, uh, you you almost wish that, uh, the, like we said, the season run a little bit longer because the Brewers got a little bit nervous. Not terribly nervous, but you follow their Twitter and it's like, we're not really going to blow this, are we? Um <laughs> And they they clinched today, so they don't have to worry about that anymore. That was one of the fun things over the last week is just watching other teams' Twitters, like the Padres or the Reds or all this, and they're like, and the Cardinals are winning again. You yep. know, it's like <laughs> we can't. You know, even if they what, what somebody pointed out that the Phillies had gone eight and two in their last ten and lost two games in the wild card race. Yeah, I mean that that's a lot of fun when it's your team doing the winning Um, (laughs) you're doing the chasing not so much very frustrating on the other side of things there especially with a team closing as well as the Phillies had for the better part of the last you know three weeks or so trying to get into that spot Um, they actually still have a chance to overtake the Braves in the division which would be really fascinating but nonetheless as far as the Cardinals are concerned yeah it's it's Again, I go back to the fact that this is a Cardinals team that 
weeks ago, we were saying, look, they still have games with the Brewers. They still have Mm -hmm. games with the Reds. They still have games with the Padres. They still have games with the Mets, all teams that were in the mix. And we were actually talking about that as a bad thing, right? We were saying there are way too many teams in this mix (laughs) for the Cardinals to be able to hold off all of them. And the Cardinals basically went, oh, yeah, (laughs) and have held off all of them (laughs) in, you know, consecutive order. So it would have been very interesting to see another week of the season or to see this start a week earlier, because you're right. The Brewers have, I don't know if they've struggled as much (laughs) outside of the Cardinals, Mm -hmm. um, but they have had their moments this season where they kind of looked a little stumbly as they were trying to, widen the gap in the division so had the cardinals played like this for an extra week of the season we might be talking about a division race and it might Mm -hmm. there might be a lot more weight to this series to start this week Uh, fortunately unfortunately i don't know however you want to see that uh, there isn't that much at stake in the series with the brewers this week so maybe that means the pressure is not as uh, significant on the cardinals as they try to finish out the regular season strong but you know, all of that momentum is is a good thing. And I think it's not only is it building confidence in a lot of guys, it's proving to them that this is a team capable of this. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe not of never losing again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although if they want to try that, I'm fine with it. Sure, sure. But, you know, you go into a one game playoff with the Dodgers and you know what you just accomplished in the last couple of weeks, it's a lot less intimidating. And it's a lot more realistic to see this as a team that can compete against those other postseason teams, knowing the gauntlet they went through to get there and how brilliantly they handled it. Yeah. And I mean, it's also interesting enough that, if the Cardinals had not dropped that first game against the Reds, the streak would be running out, you know, what, 19 games. And two Mm -hmm. of those games would have been against the Dodgers, you know? Um, And that's just the most, you're right. The fact that they've come through the 16 games and except for the Cubs um, played quality teams, I guess it depends on what you think about the Mets, but the Mets were at least in contention at the time before the Cardinals steamrolled them. Right. Um, (laughs) You know, this is this isn't them piling up the wins against Pittsburgh and and uh, you know Baltimore or people like that. In fact, if they'd won a few more games against Pittsburgh, maybe we would be talking about that division race. But that's another <laughs> story. Um, it's you're right. I mean, they're gonna. There's not not that this team ever. I don't think any team with Harrison Bader could be lacking in confidence. Um, <laughs> but you know they they felt like they knew what they were. But I think this has taken them to we we know this now. This is we have hard evidence. This it's not that it's not we're going to get hot. We finally got hot, you know. And so um, you know there is a little bit of a concern, I guess, of of peaking too far or too early or or anything like that. But you know that they've kind of proved they're going to play the play the hard nine, like Tony Larusa used to say. And I, you know, I, I think we've seen enough. Cardinals Septembers and Octobers to know that 
nothing is out of the realm of possibility when it comes to when it comes to think it's very interesting somebody put up a stat and i wish i could find it or looked it up before we did the show but basically you know the september record for the the cardinals of, of for anybody over the last 10 years maybe or something and the cardinals were seven eight nine games better than the next team they play better <laughs> in september for whatever yeah. the case may be and so that means you know if they can stay close they can always make a run yeah, I can't imagine that's good on like the the stress factor for a lot of people, <laughs> mostly the fans. But yeah. nonetheless, yeah, it's they they've said it all along, and to their credit, they finally started playing like it. It's funny you mentioned Harrison Bader. <laughs> I it, this weekend reinforced <laughs> for me that if Harrison Bader played for another team, I would absolutely hate him oh probably so yeah <laughs> absolutely yes. despise watching harrison bader because he's a lot he's a lot to handle when he is playing well when the team's playing well i mean the hair in and of itself is a whole thing right now <laughs> um but you know on a, a more serious note i was having a just a brief back and forth with uh with kyle earlier today talking about Harrison Bader and this looks different than when Harrison Bader has been hot before right he'll go on these streaks where inevitably people come out of the woodwork and say see see I told you Harrison Bader is going to be an all-star and it's like <laughs> okay give me more than like a week and a half <laughs> right, right give me more than a week and a half before you ask me to believe that this is the real Harrison Bader and you know I think I've always been careful to say I think Harrison Bader has tons of value I just don't know if that's the player that he is offensively right the power hitter the guy that's going to be clutch the guy that you want up when the games on the line that kind of hitter he looks like a completely different guy at the plate right now and I know I spent a lot of time this year really harping on hey the idea of trust the process is great unless the process is bad but all of a sudden not only Harrison Bader but Tyler O'Neill and Paul Goldschmidt and to some degree Dylan Carlson these are all guys that look so much more settled in what their approach is and what their game plan is. And they never look like they're out of an at bat. And not only that with Harrison Bader, but of course he is a confidence guy, right? So he's going right. to ride this out. And right. as long as he continues to have some level of success, he's going to maintain that confidence, which only does good things for the rest of his game. I worry a little bit <laughs> that at times he tries to do a touch too much <laughs> and he run him, runs himself into a, a little bit of trouble. But when he's going like he is right now, it's it's kind of hard to tell him not to because everything he does works at the moment. So it's great to see whether it's the process finally working or an adjustment that somebody made within that process for these guys to look like they do at the plate, probably no more clearly than Harrison Bader, who it looks like his entire approach, his entire his plate discipline, his confidence his uh, everything looks so different than the guy who struggled so much at times and that makes this again maybe i'm just sort of naively buying into the excitement of the moment but that makes this a little more believable for me not that i think he's gonna hit what 500 or whatever it was against the cubs <laughs> yeah. 
all the time but that this is what he really is capable of in some fashion and maybe he doesn't have to hit those low lows in order to get back to this spot if he wants to hit 500 against the cubs for the rest of his career though that's fine i'm (laughs) good with that i'll allow it (laughs) Um, we do need to i mean you know remember that that harrison bader had his hot streak you know what july or whatever june it was and Uh they kind of tapered off but you know overall if you look at the whole thing um it's been a good year for him and uh, couple that with his defense of course and stuff like that so it really makes me think it's a it's a fascinating not so fascinating thing that um i'm not sure we've seen jeff albert's name on twitter (laughs) in the last two weeks uh except for the occasional good job jeff albert type of thing um it's hard to see you know this if this is the team that you're getting if this is what you're getting out of you know people finally clicking or something with his with his process as you were saying um that that's fine that's why the cardinals stuck stuck with him and we'll see how that how that goes on the long i would i would suggest that he refines that process so it doesn't take somebody (laughs) quite so long to figure it out but nonetheless if this is you know in any way a result of work that Jeff Albert has done with those hitters, then I think he absolutely deserves the credit, just like we were, you know, willing yep. to give him a, a quite a bit of grief early in the season when it wasn't coming together. Yep. So whatever it is that flipped that switch, whether it was just Harrison Bader saying, hey, I'm done losing. So anyone who wants to come along, <laughs> <laughs> jump on uh, and we'll go for quite the wild ride. Or if Jeff Albert was finally... I don't know. I don't know how the process works. And, and that's why it was it was hard to be critical of it. But at the same time, pretty easy to see something wasn't working earlier in the year. Um, so whatever it is, if he had any part of that, I, I have no problem saying good job, Jeff Albert. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. And it, it feels like there's something just because of the, we're seeing some of the same guys that have had right. problems in the past succeeding now yeah and, and, and not just succeeding as in oh they had a good day or, or a good week that you know this is this is a process that you know we when we go back uh, somebody wrote it i think it'd be albertos um but if you go back to that you know end of june conference with tommy edmund where they said you know mm-hmm. we're gonna start making changes and stuff like that the results have been there right. um and so you know this you know can carry forward um you get a little pitching to go with it and there you have it um it's it's a it's a great thing and it's a lot of a lot of fun to to watch um we are somehow just six games (laughs) left in this season that has been so weird um what do you think we see this week cardinals are one game from clinching their their magic numbers one from clinching that second wild card spot so you know it would be very surprising um, if they were not playing in at least a one game playoff, but I mean, what, what do we, do we see anything interesting this week besides just, you know, more of the same? I mean, more of the same would be great. Sure. Uh, there's right. part of me that kind of maybe the cynical part of me hopes they lose a game so that the pressure <laughs> isn't on them to continue the streak and win a wild card game. If, if that, becomes the reality but it's also just fun to see how far they can take this thing and and like i said at the beginning not take it too seriously not take it for granted because we haven't seen much to be excited about all season until now Mm -hmm. and you know i I certainly wouldn't want to 
hope that that ends. But I do think it will be interesting seeing really both the Brewers and the Cubs in series that don't matter mm-hmm. to them at all really the brewers clinched they're not playing for postseason positioning they're really the only thing that they need to do this week is not get anybody hurt (laughs) and not get rusty um and that's an interesting spot for them to be in are they going to rest guys are they going to try to you know give somebody an extra day off because they're playing a little banged up you know what's that going to look like are they going to come out trying to get some revenge because they got (laughs) trounced in a four game series in Milwaukee. I I don't know. So that'll be interesting. And then the Cubs are just such an odd situation right now where, you know, someone mentioned it on Twitter today. And I I think the Cardinals have proven that they were beating good teams anyway, but it is something to note that they're basically a triple A team right now uh, with a couple of, tried and true major leaguers mixed in so the competition level maybe was a little bit different but look those guys put together a couple of good weeks after the trade deadline when things settled in a little bit and they were playing some pretty good baseball against some pretty good teams so it's not as if they can't win especially at home playing at Wrigley in front of their fans so two teams that are not playing really for anything in terms of positioning or results or you know whatever that might be for the rest of this last six games, but the Cardinals one can't ease up just because they're, they've come this far. Maybe the off day is not a great timing for them to take a day off and then come back and try to match the energy level. But how the next six games go, I think will almost be more interesting from the opponent standpoint than it is for the Cardinals, because as much fun as the streak is, it's, it's, the the positioning that they're in is not likely to change. I don't want to say obviously there there's still one magic number left. Right, right. Uh, so as we were saying a couple of weeks ago, it's still mathematically possible. So it's still mathematically possible that they fall off a cliff again. Mm-hmm. Um, but how the other teams handle three games that don't really matter to them it's just always interesting from a strategy standpoint to me at the end of the season to see those teams who aren't really playing for anything but have to finish it out anyway what does it do to the way that they approach the game and are they you know going to play with the same level of intensity that they would a rivalry game in june yeah and this year is really different than what we've seen in the past because teams don't have that big huge roster there right i mean in the past we would have seen a whole lot of of rookies playing or you know you might have a lot of starters resting for the brewers and they're playing you know their second string or whatever the case may be don't really have that option now i mean it's only 28 it's only a couple extra people um it also kind of takes away from that little fun little thing of Who's going to make the postseason roster? Well, pretty much everybody that's there is going to make the postseason <laughs> roster. Just a couple guys Surprise. aren't. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not exactly a big a big deal, but um, yeah, I think that's uh, very interesting to see how how this all plays out. Again, we didn't really have this last year with everything that was going on, so this is the first year with those smaller rosters and in non competitive games, at least for the other other side. Um, yeah, it should be be kind of interesting to see um also before we wrap this up though i think we should really highlight a couple of of instances of devil magic because 
Paul DeYoung hit two home runs this weekend <laughs> against the Cubs. And Matt Carpenter had another double, although mm-hmm. he did strike out a few more times this weekend. Um, so th- that should be highlighted. Also, there is a downside to this that I, I meant to mention this while ago. The downside of this winning streak is a lot of these arms are getting used yeah. a lot. I think that's what we saw a little bit with, with Giovanni Gallegos, even though he had a day off yesterday. Um, just was it maybe comfortable with, you know, really kind of arrogant out there. He nibbled a lot maybe because he just, you know, that he's pitched basically five of seven days for the last two or three weeks. It's, you know, it was really surprising to some way to see Andrew Miller come into a game that was close today. Um, you know, a lot of these guys like Gallegos, McFarland, Garcia, got to be kind of feeling the end of the rope right now. Yeah. And Gallegos is maybe the most obvious that I've seen in a long time on the days where it, he's just not his arm doesn't feel right mm-hmm. <laughs> and not necessarily that is he's he's pitching hurt or anything but maybe a little bit of the dead arm thing going on maybe he just is tired maybe he just isn't I, I don't know but today was one of those days where it just it it doesn't look right and you can tell very early that he doesn't quite have the smoothness of the mechanics the extension on the finish on the follow-through he, it just it's not all quite the same um and i i have to think that it's just he's just tired and we talked about this a few weeks back but he's one of those guys that hasn't really done this before this mm-hmm. deep into mm-hmm. a season so this is uncharted territory a little bit for him in that sense and under the circumstances i think he's held up quite well but <laughs> it can't feel great knowing that he's one of just a few options to go out in those game situations late in big must win kind of games so it's definitely something to keep an eye on we also didn't really mention it and i think it relates to this in some degree um jack flaherty and dakota hudson sort of piggybacking off of each other mm-hmm. I-, I felt like that was always kind of strange <laughs> um yeah. but what it did do was give you know six innings or whatever it is to guys who were not those three or four arms Mm -hmm. that have had to just rinse and repeat every other day it seems so i don't know what the flaherty hudson situations look like going forward um i'm not convinced that you know 18 pitches of you know maybe an 80 or 90 percent jack flaherty is exceptionally useful but (laughs) In a world where they may just be running out of arms, maybe you get an inning out of him, then yeah. you don't have to give that inning to McFarland one day or whatever it is. You know, use him as an opener, use him in whatever that role is. I don't know if that helps, but I understand the logic behind it. Behind it, um, I, I will say I was I was pretty impressed with Hudson in terms of yeah. his ability to work through that lineup the way he did. Um, <laughs> uh, my husband Steve mentioned while i was acknowledging that uh well it is a triple a lineup so it's basically a rehab start <laughs> so you know in that in that uh context it makes a little more sense but um it would be great to be able to use them to lighten that load a little bit for some of the guys who've had to pitch so much lately but i don't know exactly what that looks like in terms of when they pitch or how 
many innings they pitch or or how often they pitch, right? These are guys that have been uh, primed to be rotation guys, not necessarily bullpen guys. So they're not going to go every day and you don't want that coming off of injury. So they're in the mix of that conversation, but I don't really know what that plan looks like and how much it takes pressure off of some of those bullpen arms who, yeah, have been used a lot <laughs> and used in very high pressure situations. And, you know, there's not really an end in sight to that thinking in terms of the games that are left in the regular season, whatever postseason games, game singular, whatever it is they might face. <laughs> those guys are going to be critical to getting through the end of the ninth inning. Yeah. I will say though, um, it was very interesting and very fun to see that after Mike Schilt gets ejected and after this whole kerfluffle at the end of the game, Gallegos came back and threw three straight strikes to get this thing over with. Um, I thought he looked better in that outing that uh, that he had had the whole inning, and I guess maybe a little extra motivation there to make sure that thing didn't get away. I don't know. Motivation and a little time to catch his breath, perhaps. Possible do. And just <laughs> perhaps just being mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe just make them mad before they get out there, and, and yeah. we'll see what that yeah. happens. So. Um, so we'll be next time when we were with you next week, the Cardinal season will be over, or at least the regular season. As we, again, we hope hope for no major collapse and they'll have that one game playoff to look forward to. So Tara and I will be with you then to talk about that last week. We'll see if it's another perfect week to talk about. Uh, but until then, that's Tara. I'm Daniel. Good night. <laughs>